Uh, awesome. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of The Market Crunch, powered by James, the automated AI investing app. Uh, well, this is The Market Crunch, where we sift through the market noise and talk about the news that, well, the, the news that matters and the trading ideas and think outside the box with my favorite part of the show, our bold predictions and how to trade them, of course, on the James app. Today's date is the 19th of April, 2021. And joined with me today, as always on the show, is Tui, my co-host. How are you going this evening? I'm good, Addy. How are you? I'm going very well, thank you. I'm quite excited for uh, another episode of the Market Crunch and some big news and, uh, well, I guess, discussion uh, for this week. Exactly. Quite a big um, agenda for today. And uh, we're talking about one of your topics you've been trying to get on there for the last few weeks. From day one. So I'm quite excited to... Uh, to get into that. Of course, guys, before we uh, get into today's show, I'm just going to go through the disclaimer and apologize for the uh, audio uh, technical difficulties that we had before, but uh, great to sort of get back. So guys, the disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed here are of those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of James and James-related entities. Any content provided by our guests, participants or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. The information given is general in nature and does not take into account your personal situation. You should consider whether the information is appropriate to your needs and where appropriate, seek professional advice from a financial advisor. Well, let's uh, get started, uh, Tui, into the, into the market news. Some, a big week for markets last week, wasn't it? Yeah, um, well, it, it was. It was a big, big week for tech. In, Maybe a big in, week in, for tech, which ASX. is all I watch anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> so we had the uh, ASX finish 1% up. Yeah. S&P was uh, 1.47 mm. and the NASDAQ was 142 Yeah. Um, the big movers in Australia in the ASX this last week was tech. Um, mm. Some big names here. Afterpay up 4.9%. Yes. Zipco. 12.9, which I know you're bullish on. I quite like, yeah. Uh, and zero 5.9, and yeah. then Altium up 8.4, and Next DC up 4.5. So, yeah, so, yeah we, ha- we had a bit of a bounce back from tech because yeah. the last couple of weeks, it you know, hasn't been going as good as value stocks because, as mm. we said, there's been this transition from value to growth. But Absolutely. good to sort of see the tech come back because, you know, we're big fans of tech. And we are big stocks. fans of tech, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was mainly fueled by the swag of economic data that was released last week. Um, markets were quite a quite buoyant off the back of that. Um, and we sort of saw bond yields subside for, for a week or so. So Well, at least it's, it's less volatile and yeah. sort of just staying on track now and not really increasing in value. So interesting to see that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, inflation is still is still a concern in the back of everyone's mind, but mm. you've sort of seen that take a back seat the last couple of weeks, especially yes. coming into US earnings. Absolutely. Um, everyone's really keen to see how they performed. Mm. And I think everyone's more looking towards their future looking statements as opposed to their results the last three to six months. So, yeah, um, yeah I think... The earnings periods of the US is going to tell us a lot. Yeah, well, it, it, it's just starting. It started, I believe, late last week mm. and uh, coming into this week is the well, it's huge earnings week. Uh, you know, we had Goldman Sachs that did really well in the United States and some of the other banks there. Uh, but looking forward, uh, that, that's only the tip of the iceberg. We've got a huge week uh, coming up with, uh, we've got IBM, Netflix, Intel, Johnson & Johnson, Coca-Cola and Apple all doing their earnings for the quarter uh, this week. And of course, Intel on there is is the one I'm most excited about. Uh, oh. But even even Johnson Johnson and the and the the, yeah. uh, the one vaccine which or the one uh, dose vaccine will, will be really interesting to see that as um, economic. I, I don't do. I don't think the um, 
the news, the single vaccine will sort of come into these results for mm. Johnson and Johnson, but probably look, not till the next quarter. But yeah, yeah, but I'm really keen to sort of see what what is Johnson Johnson's numbers as well yeah. as Coca Cola. Coca Cola, I think that's yeah. a really good sort of indicator for consumers. Absolutely, uh, and especially Apple. going out, you know, like Coca Cola is just like something that you know if. People are going out, you know, usually sales probably going to do quite well. But exactly. It's a sort of a good way to see what, what volume they're doing in regards yeah, to sales. Um, and, you know, you can compare that to pre-pandemic to post-pandemic and sort of see, you know, what the discretionary spend's like. Mm, definitely. Um, we'll definitely be, uh, I guess, well, it'll probably be a really big episode next week uh, when we go into the earnings. But I'm very excited about Intel. Uh, but we'll go into that a little bit later as we... Yeah. Uh, yeah God, I feel like I'm going on about that. <laughs> the, main, the chip... <laughs> Uh, for, for I guess the last month though, but yeah, very keen to get into that. Oh, we'll get into the uh, breaking news, guys, um, of I guess what everything that happened last week and digest that a little bit. Um, you know, we had I guess starting the first cab off the rank was uh, Oak Tree uh, with their offer to Crown Resorts. Uh, you know, we spoke about um, you know last time when the uh, the last offer. Uh, now they've got another. You know, where do we sort of go here with, I guess, valuing Crown and, you know, it's really big part of especially the entertainment business in Australia. Um, so what are your, what are your thought of, thoughts on, on this at the moment, Tui? Uh, well, yeah, so Oak Tree lobbed a $3 billion funding bid. Okay. So they're offering the ability for Crown to tap Oak Tree to fund buying out Packer. Mm. So they said that the funds can be used for growth or paying out Packer, which was interesting. Right. Um, and that's sort of very similar um, in valuation to the Blackstone proposal. Blackstone, yeah. Um, so they're all around valuing Crown $8 billion. Wow. But oh, we know man. the shareholders aren't on board with that. Really? Um, no, because they're looking, you know, pre-pandemic – um, it was right. much higher valuation than $8 billion. Um, and I think shareholders feel that they've gone through the pain of going through the um, inquiry, mm. um, COVID, and they've been hanging on to their shares waiting mm. for the upside. So um, I don't think that the shareholders want to vote. Yeah. Uh, that, sorry, not vote. don't want to un unload $8 mm. billion. Dollars. But um, I think it's going to more come down to James Packer and what he wants to do with yeah. his holding. Um, I did see last week that uh, he negotiated with ASIC to maintain his shareholding to satisfy the New South Wales Gaming Commission. What? But he relinquished a lot of shareholders' rights. So right. the only thing that he can vote on is a sale. Everything else, he's got no vote. Any, well, that's what he's agreed not to have any more voting wow. power. So I think that's significant. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's a bit of an indicator that uh, James doesn't want to unload his shares at this stage. Yeah. And he's probably like the other shareholders that $8 billion just isn't going to cut the mustard. Absolutely. Well, what, what do you, I guess what do we reckon is going to cut the mustard? <laughs> is it going to – I guess the pre-level, you know, would be, uh, you know, just above – uh, probably $10 billion, I guess, at those sort of levels or even yeah. higher, I think. I mean, COVID changes the earnings, though. This is this is the whole point. It changes earnings. It changes companies. You know, Crown isn't as strong as it was uh, 16 months ago now. So I, I, I'm a bit confused as to why people are always thinking about this pre-COVID levels. Well, I think their property assets are quite valuable alone. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I remember a few years back that was James's biggest issue that people weren't valuing the land holdings compared to the share price. Right. Um, but now, the thing that I'm taking from this, I think there's a lot of confidence, especially with Blackstone and you've got Oak Tree coming in with bids, that 
they're going to get this New South Wales gaming licence because yep. I think that was what was up in the air. But you wouldn't be sort of putting these bids forward if there wasn't some confidence around retaining that New South Wales gaming licence. Yeah. So I think that's going to stay. And if that stays, well, $8 billion is probably undervaluing the company because yeah. there's a lot more upside than downside at this stage. It's gone through <laughs> the downside. <laughs> well, they're, they're trying. I think they're just trying to get the best deal that they possibly can. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it would be. You know what I could imagine seeing? I almost could imagine seeing a radical buyout of the share share uh, holders. You know, I, I've only seen it a couple of times. Probably the most mm. aggressive method of actually buying the stock on the public, you know, exchange and buying as much as they could. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if um one of these firms did this if they can't get the deal that they like because it sounds like Crown is just going to be too um you know timid uh, from these offers and go. I, I don't know what the valuation is going to get to. Uh, for you know, for them to go, okay, yes, shake hands and you know, sign the paperwork. You know, let's make it happen. Uh, so it will be interesting for Packer to sort of uh, digest that. Well, yeah, look, I don't think, I don't think we get an answer anytime soon. No. Um, the the share price I think today was eleven dollars ninety seven, uh, which is about on par with Blackstone's offer yeah. of eleven dollars a share. So look, the market's already pricing the same offer. Yeah. Um, so I think that. And I think these are all just the first offers as well. Mm. I think if it's going to heat up, you'll see some sort of upgraded offers come through from Blackstone. And I yeah, think that will be good to see the counter offer. Counter offers, yes. and I think I think there'd be probably a few other people that a few other companies, sorry, that are looking at this that we Absolutely. don't know of. Yeah. Um, so I think, as we said a few weeks ago, there's a lot to play out in this. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I think that we can assume now that James Packer wants to sort of hang on to his equity at this stage. Absolutely. Not saying he doesn't want to unload in the future, mm. but um, he's gone down the steps of negotiating, you know, different rights for his shares yeah. to retain the holding. Well, so. until he gets the right price, I don't think he's going to be parting way. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll be watching that as well as that story uh, unfolds. The other big story that came to market, and this is probably. You know, I'm not going to lie, Crown and these, these offers, they're not as exciting as the other news stories. And one of the big ones was Coinbase, Tui. Coinbase yeah. in the United States, IPO'd. And this is a huge milestone uh, for cryptocurrency. Of course, Coinbase being the largest uh, exchange for uh, cryptocurrencies basically uh, in the world. Of course, if you haven't never sort of seen that app before, but it is a, you know, a massive platform. Um, and really interesting to see it list on the NASDAQ. Um, yeah, too. We, well, we've got so we've had some very interesting discussions about this. But where, where do you think? Um, what what does this really mean to I guess the cryptocurrency market now going forward? That we've got a public company, um, a public cryptocurrency exchange on the stock market. I think there's a lot to unpack here. Um, <laughs> there is a lot to unpack. Yeah, <laughs> with this IPO, um, it's significant. Mm. Obviously, the first crypto asset to list on the Nasdaq. Mm. Um, I, th I think it points out a few things, though, like the big banks like JP Morgan, um, et cetera. You know, where, where have they been? Like, yeah. they've totally missed out on this space. Um, Coinbase is at 60 billion US. Yeah. It floated at, um, I think it was about $400 a share. 400, yeah. It went up to 420. It's now settled about the 340 mark. Yeah. Um, it's still a quite a valuable company. And yeah. uh, Bitcoin's is valued now the same as some of these banks. Yeah, so absolutely. So it's yeah. like a massive missed opportunity here that I reckon that they'd be sitting in the boardroom thinking, you know, what's happened here? <laughs> this is the space that we should be in. <laughs> um, so I think there's a lot you to really, oh, unpack in that space. I don't think they're going to be doing that. Like, oh, I reckon because it's 
a new asset class yeah. that they're only just getting coming to the party now. So mm. um, I think the first mover advantage has been lost for those guys. And Absolutely. Coinbase Absolutely. is coming in now. Um, and I think there'll be more to follow. There's more ex- exchanges. Mm. You know, it's the whole space has moved a lot in the last 10 years that you had a lot of exchanges that were operated out of a garage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were taking... What, 150 basis points, big clips. Yeah. I don't know, even 1,000 basis point yeah. clips on the transactions. Um, That's ridiculous. And, and now they're even, they're still taking something like 3 or 4% yeah. per trade. And I think on a currency trade, you're looking at what, 0.1? Oh, it, it, something it, it, it's something ridiculous, yeah. So <laughs> there's obviously a lot of room in that space as well. The margins yeah. are big. Um, uh, you know, the profits for... Coinbase are huge. Yeah. It's making a massive profit. Yeah. Um, so there's no doubt that there's going to be more competition in this space because they just can't get away with yeah, I'm, that I'm, sort of profit. Absolutely. And I, I think there's, I think they're really overweight though and reliant on the Bitcoin price. Yeah. So like we had, a, the, we had Bitcoin drop, what, 15% I think on the weekend or something, you know, quite substantial. That hasn't hit Coinbase right um, because that happened on the weekend, mm. of course, because Bitcoin trades over the weekend, whereas the stock markets only trade on the weekdays. So it will be really interesting come on Monday or well later tonight, 12, 12 a.m. tonight, in the United States market looking at Coinbase because, you know, where does it go? Because it has such a heavy uh, correlation with the Bitcoin uh, share price. Yeah, sorry, Bitcoin price. Yes, it makes revenues from the transactions. But, I mean, you know, it will be interesting to see, I guess, what the correlation is you know, like one-to-one uh, with its assets uh, with the Bitcoin or, or like other cryptocurrencies as well because because Bitcoin is just the one uh, that it trades. So it, it will be really interesting to uh, to see that. But, I mean, I guess tomorrow morning I'll be watching the Coinbase stock price. And oh, I think it is correlated, but I, I think that will change over the time. There's something mm-hmm. like 2,500 different coins out there now. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt that Bitcoin and Ethereum or Ether will be the, the most traded oh, yeah. on that platform. But they're not sort of worried about the price of Bitcoin because they're taking a transaction fee. I suppose, yes. Uh, but I think they have, you know, they've got sort of a lot of, well, I, I mean, you know, when they're selling, mm. there's not a lot of transactions that begin. Um, of course, there would be transactions when people are selling, but, yep. um, you know, I, it would, I would imagine that it would uh, sort of see a limit. At least what I have seen historically um, that, you know, some of the analysts are concerned about, you know, being this correlated with, um, you know, with Bitcoin is going to be something that, well, at least people, investors are going to be looking at. Um, so, yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll see that, I guess. Yeah, um, I think um, I think that it's too hard to sort of guess or sort of work out what the future is going to look like for oh. Coinbase because it's just such a new asset. Exactly, which, yeah. Which I think drives a, a more conversation that we were discussing about is that, uh, regulation mm. of crypto assets. I better get on this, yeah. And uh, obviously Coinbase is is coming to the NASDAQ, which has obviously got some regulation coming there. But yeah. the actual coins itself is relatively unregulated. Absolutely, yeah. And um, we are talking, talking this morning. Um, so just disclaimer here at James, we're looking into doing a lot of research of cryptocurrencies at Absolutely, the moment. Absolutely, yeah. And we had one of our analysts read through... Uh, the limited <laughs> legislation <laughs> and rulings from the ATO on crypto assets. Yeah. And um, it was very, very thin. Yeah. Um, and and I, don't, I just don't know. I just don't think governments know what to do. I know in Australia, they, they're still undecided if it's an asset or currency. Absolutely. And, and we were reading about 
um, some analysts, uh, I think mm. it was the ABC, uh, they were talking about, um, you know, what, what's going on. And there's a, there is uh, talks of uh, uh, an Australian Senate uh, mm. inquiry into uh, cryptocurrency, although that will be interesting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> regarding... Well, they had one in 2015. Uh, <laughs> it didn't really go anywhere. Um, look, if we're going to get serious about... Look, a, a couple of things. One, this asset Good class job, is <laughs> definitely here to stay. Um, Absolutely. No doubt about that. But um, we've got to get serious now looking at, you know, some sort of framework. Um, the Senate inquiry is probably, it's a positive in the right step. But who do they get to ask the questions to? Mm. We're yet to know. Um, going by their history, they're not um, particularly good at picking the right people, yes. unless it's in banking, because you know banking set inquiries, oh, they can just get the four CEOs. <laughs> um, but you know, the the people asking the questions from the Senate, you know, I think their knowledge in crypto would be very limited. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, I'd, I'd say little change would happen. I I just yeah, it is really interesting that the the ATO only looks at crypto. Uh, with capital gains tax. Mm. It doesn't think about anything else. It doesn't really think about money laundering or uh, unethical transactions. Well, unethical, illegal transactions. Um, you know, well, there's limited, very limited controls that they can do. And I guess that is the whole point of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is that you can have these kind of decentralized mm. transactions. But, you know, it now that we have public companies with, you know, shareholders um you know that are governed by public law mm. you know now it's like hang on what's going on and where we sort of go, go from here and i think um you it's, know it's a public company now yeah with a product which is like a black box <laughs> yeah it literally is a black box <laughs> yeah um you know there's no this is why crypto is obviously whenever a new product emerges unregulated it always goes through immense growth but mm. oh look at um, afterpay yeah exactly like, it's still kind of unregulated, to be honest. Yeah. It's like very soft, but it's exactly the same thing that, that, that's followed suit. Yep. And the, the problem is that, I, you know, I was saying this today that we have no idea about the people, what people are holding and how mm. much they're holding yeah. in that asset class. It is a black box. That's yeah. why it's a decentralised network. Unless you go and collect two and a half million nodes all at once to get the ledger <laughs> to understand who's holding what, yeah. um, all the transactions that happen from coin to coin, from person entity, well, yeah, they're not tracked. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, they're on the public ledger, but it's not like you can track... You can't track them. ...an ID or anything like yeah, that. It's, well, it's passed between wallet to wallet. And mm. the governments have no visualisation <laughs> on that. Yeah. And then secondly, you've got now building de um, derivatives and products based off um, crypto assets. Absolutely. Who knows how much exposure is out there yeah. to individuals, but even worse, retail investors. So, yeah. you know, big, you know, the big banks, the investment banks, you know, we always think, well, if they lose, well, they can afford to lose a dollar or two, right? Yeah. But retail investors can't. No. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of uneducation around this product. Yeah. People don't really understand what it is. Mm. You know, people who own... I, I, this is my personal assumption, <laughs> but I reckon 80% of people who hold cryptocurrency don't even know what it does. You reckon? Yeah. You know what? I, 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 I un totally understand. I think a lot of them would just well, be buying. What Look about at Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what the hell? Things worth $50 billion. Can you imagine? Just, like, just for the viewers at home, oh, explain Dogecoin. Okay, so Dogecoin, um, and we can, I, I, I'll, 
I won't talk about the technical uh, sort of aspect, but Dogecoin was made in 2013 as a total ripoff and joke by an Australian, actually. Yeah. Um, or sort of in Australia, they, they made this product and it uses the Litecoin technology, um, which is, again, another ripoff of Bitcoin that's mm. slightly more efficient. Um, of course, Bitcoin made in 2010, so this is three years after. So they took the technology, just literally copied it. They got Comic Sans, which is, <laughs> you know, I guess just a, a funny font. And then they got the Shibu Inu, or, yeah. uh, which was a, an internet meme at the time, was using the, or the Doge. Um, and then bang, that Doge coin, that was the first of the joke um, assets. And just literally, now it's worth $50 billion. It's like, I know. hang on a second, it's not... Where who is using this to buy stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's the sector is a total black box. Yeah, um, and you know I think in Australia and and governments around the world they've been asleep at the wheel. Can you like, can you imagine being the founder though of Dogecoin just for one second to me? Can you yeah, imagine being the founder and he's sitting back on billions of dollars and all he did was he had a, he had a laugh with his mate. Yeah. He was like, here you go. I'm going to pay for, I don't know, this pizza tonight with Dogecoin and mm. just kick back and have a laugh. It's ridiculous. It's got value now. This, yeah. is, this is the problem, right? Uh, you, I don't think you can't quantify what the exposure is to everyone exactly. globally. Because you know, Dogecoin is, I think, like 25 cents to um, you know, the United States dollar. Mm. What happens if you've got to think about $50 billion, you've got to think about that is $50 billion of the people's money, right? What happens... When Dogecoin goes to like, what 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 happens when it sells off and it goes to five cents, two cents, like it was before, like, you know, that's gonna that's gonna mean you know thirty to forty billion dollars of losses accumulated to uh, individuals, you exactly. know, and then that that's a lot of money. And, that, and, and that's people, just that's that coin. Think of all the mm, options absolutely. that have been written on top of that asset. Mm. The exposure could be 200, 300, even 1,000 times. And just to sort of explain that point mm. uh, for, I guess, people are, you know, in the market that might not understand that, but you can have one asset and then you can have multiple products that are based on the one asset. Mm. So you can multiply the losses because more and more people are trading all of these other products that are linked to Doge. There's probably an insurance product out on it too. <laughs> I wouldn't surprise. You wouldn't know. This is the thing. No one would know. No exactly. one knows. There's no overarching regulation yeah. on this. And even if you want to start looking into it, how, how do you look into it? It's a yeah. de decentralized network. <laughs> Honestly. So um, uh, I've got actually really big con concerns. Like there's no doubt this will be a big part. This will be an asset that will remain. Mm. But what are we going to do to stop the next black swan event, which is yeah. what I think it is. Yeah. It's building up to. Um, you know, the falls that we've had so far have been quite big, mm. but really the asset class wasn't valued that much. Mm. I think the last big fall, it was like maybe a half a trillion. Yeah. Asset value. Oh, if that. It and was at $20,000. So, you know, if it's at $2 trillion now yeah. and it's $20,000 now, it's four times larger. And that's one coin. Yeah. And there's two and a half thousand coins. <laughs> so um, so it's going to be really interesting what they do here. I really hope they get some intelligent people on this Senate committee. Yeah, in Australia, uh, we can get some good And some experts in it because I think we do need to dig deeper in this. Like, honestly, I think there's been a big... Um, on, on buying our pay later, mm. obviously regulation and banks, but we need to start looking at this one. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I guess, uh, again... We will definitely be watching that. 
and how that sort of, well, I guess how any regulation comes into cryptocurrency. Um, yeah, it will and what be. it looks like. Yeah, literally. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be uh, again. I think that's going to be a bit of a basket case. Not going to lie, but uh, well, I hope I'm proven wrong because I'd love to see some action taken there. But I guess um, going into a little bit more of technology space, um, and, and Bitcoin is affecting this market as well, and, and uh, accumulating to the shortage of semiconductors. It is a big story um, that we're talking about at the moment. I, I briefly discussed it last uh, last week, and we're talking about. I mean, Taiwan, the Taiwan mm. uh, sort of companies are producing 70% of the global semiconductors and there's a huge shortage. And th- apparently there's uh, you know, a lot of losses that can uh, happen to the bottom lines of companies um, because semiconductors and processors are in everything these days, whether it's a computer, mobile phone, mm. uh, everything. So, you know, it is a big problem and I think there's going to be some big economic uh, impacts. But I guess, um, yeah, what sort of your thoughts on the, the Taiwanese sort of uh, you know, being, I guess, the only player in this market? Uh, well, we're, we're too weighted. It's, I think what's come through is that um, Taiwan and Korea mm. having 90% or 70% of the global semiconductor industry yeah. is too much. Um, what I was reading online. We definitely need to sort of not be so reliant. Yeah. You know, we've got US-China tensions just increasing in that yeah, region as yeah. well, uh, which can could disrupt the whole flow of these mm. conductors because conductors are every part of our life. Literally. Computers, phones, cars, uh, calculators, fridges. toasters, fridges. <laughs> like... Um, it's a big part, and this is a this is going to be this is a big problem that mm. we need to look at. Huge problem. Um, the Huge. reason that we don't build semiconductors in Australia or the US as big as we could because of the manufacturing costs. Yeah. So we always go um, to Asian countries to build them. But I think you know, with especially with COVID, you know, we're starting to look more about sort of things built on sovereign. So. In, sure. in your own country. And it's not and always the most efficient model, but yeah, yeah I, I guess. And, and this is one that we need to look at. Like, But, but Dewey, this is, this is the statistics that I was reading on, on the, the ABC that were mm. reporting this story. It, it costs $13 billion, this is the minimum Australian dollars, to get a semiconductor business, to create a semiconductor business mm. and get it into like the production line. Yep. $13 billion. What industry... Has a thirteen billion entry point. Can you imagine you're trying to start? A, a, I don't know a restaurant, and mm. they go, "Okay, you're gonna need thirteen billion dollars to start your business." Like, it's ridiculous, Tui. So I don't actually think we're gonna see. I mean, competition is impossible. Mm. You can't have competition. So you've got one company that has, you know, fifty over fifty percent, and then you've got one country that produces seventy percent. It's like, you know. Now with this shortage, it all relies on one country, essentially, yep. Taiwan, and one company, uh, which is the, the Taiwan Semiconductor Company. So it will be really interesting to see, I guess, what on earth happens. Intel had a really good and aggressive play uh, last uh, or last earnings uh, sort of or last news report when they were talking about bringing manufacturing in the United States. Mm. But we know that's not that tangible. We know that that's you know they're not going to be able to even get close to the competition of Taiwan um, or the sort of Chinese manufacturing mm. as well. So yeah, I, I actually think this is a really big crisis. That if it's not dealt with, you know, there is going to be huge losses. Um, we, we need rebates. Like governments need to get proactive on it. Um, obviously, like we're probably the worst example of mm. um, supporting technology innovation mm. compared to other countries. Mm. I think every year you, you get these indexes where Australia ranks and we ain't going up, <laughs> we're going down. Oh, um, dear. But I think in whole manufacturing, our manufacturing strategy needs to be reviewed 
urgently in Australia and we need to have incentives in place. Um, just like EV vehicles, we are the slowest uptake of EV vehicles globally mm. in the developed world. We don't do any incentives. Um, I was reading that we're now... The models that are being released in Europe now mm. are not coming here till like 2023, 24, wow. because there's no market here because yeah. we're not we're not supporting that part of the market. And the same thing with like semiconducting and manufacturing, there's no incentives. So if there's no incentives, there's no rebates, there's no support for the industry. How can you compete against Taiwan and Korea? Exactly. Right? And this is a place where we really need um we need drastic action. Just listen to this. So. Um, I was reading about this. It's a, it, an article online that they were um, on news.com. And they were talking about Ford is expected to lose $3.2 billion on the bottom line because of the semiconductor crisis. The car, the manufacturing industry alone is predicted to lose a, a close to $80 billion Australian dollars. Mm. Like, that's just the car manufacturing. Imagine the, 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 the computer makers, the... I don't know, any electronics companies, it's going to be a sizable... Like, I actually think it's going to be way bigger than uh, the Suez Canal. Mm. This is another economic crisis that not many people are discussing, at least in the broader, uh, you know, environment. And I think this is going to be something that needs a lot of attention um, in the next 12 months. I, I think you've got some good points there. And uh, China are investing heavily in having their own supply mm. of semiconductor chips. And then at the same time, they're rising tensions... In the uh, South China Sea. Oh gosh. Um, so, and you know, and the more that heats up, the more it can affect supply chains, mm. and it's going to have a big effect. Mm. It's like computers. We need computers now to for everyday life. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we don't, and if there's a shortage, what goes up? Well, consumer products, computers go up, fridges go up, mm. um, even storage would go up. Yeah. So cloud storage, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because when you have a semiconductor, it doesn't actually last forever. Yeah. Like you, you've got to replace them every <laughs> two or three years. So you constantly need a supply. So um, I think it's it's something that there's some discussion about it, Addy, mm. but I don't think there's enough. Mm. Uh, I know it's a space that we're watching very closely. Oh, absolutely. You're watching it probably more closely than oh, me. Yeah, every day. It's it's very, um, you know, important to, to me and especially my... Uh, Intel yeah. uh, bold prediction, which of course I said on day one, uh, which is I, I think a really interesting play. And we'll mm. uh, we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, it is um, very interesting that um, the, the semiconductor you know crisis. It will be something to you know to have a look at and how it in, does impact uh, the broader market. You yeah. know, if there's going to be you know these large losses just for the manufacturing, yeah, it will be something interesting. And of course. Well, uh, we'll be covering that, I guess, in the next uh, little while yep. too. But yeah, well, um, we'll uh, that's the breaking news, guys. Um, we're going to go into the bold predictions uh, now. Tui, you want to do the classic? Ah. This is my uh... <laughs> your little favourite. <laughs> uh, oh, thanks for the for the introduction, Tui. Um, uh, my bold prediction for this week, uh, guys, is going to be um, a little bit of, I guess, a broken record. I'm going to talk about uh, Intel again. Um, and the semiconductor business, I just think that this is this is like crucial now. And I actually think Intel is going to have a bit of a crusade now. They came out last month talking about you know bringing semiconductor business to the US, and yes, there'll be manufacturing costs, but I think that's going to have a lot of plays and bring a lot of value to their business as well, because now they'll have a much larger economic moat, mm -hmm. and that's really important. Um, my current target price was seventy-five dollars. I'm going to up that. 
to 80, uh, just a small, a small increase, uh, which I think will justify, of course, the average broken consensus is lifted. Uh, quite considerably to well, 82. Well, not very dollars. bold. No, well, not very. No, no, no. But you got to think. That's <laughs> you got to think from 60. This is that was the core price, 60 yeah. to 80. Like you know, that that's 33 percent gain. Um, I I actually think that's really interesting. But regardless, I'm not even target prices. Let's not even go there. I'm putting it straight into the James portfolio. You know, we've got earnings this week. I want to know if um the I guess what James is going to look at, um, you know, when we come into earning, it's a really interesting period for the um, for, for the AI platform because mm. it is looking at those companies that can surprise and beat earnings and what sort of is going to do really well. And what we've seen historically is, mm. well, last earnings, it, it bought Intel and, you know, and, and performed really, really well. So I actually think that, um, you know, it's going to be something that we have to watch. And yeah. I think they're... Play into semiconductors and their billions of dollars in investment. They're the guys to do it, I think, in the in the US. So I think there has to be a US player. It's got to be Intel, I think, for me. Right. So again, broken record, but I guess I guess my other prediction as well is that this semiconductor business, semiconductor stuff, could spell some big losses mm. and could be an event that um, you know could be something that we we actually are going to stress about mm. uh, in the next uh, few months. But yeah, again, I think Intel. Very, very interesting there. Interesting. Uh, so my bold prediction. Well, just for quickly, you, you, you're on, you're on par. Yeah. You looking. Oh, cool. Uh, I, I think that the uh, sector's gonna. Um, it's, I think that you can already see there's lots of headwinds mm. uh, around supply mm. that will push price up. Absolutely. And uh, the people producing uh, the semiconductors will go up. Mm. So. Um, and I, I can't see demand falling away. Like we just need consumer <laughs> products, electronic products, more than ever. Like exactly, um, big part of our life. So and it, yeah. it adds, it just adds another revenue stream though for Intel mm. if they have a semiconductor line or yeah. the ability to at least reduce their costs by yep. doing that uh, in house. Really interesting that um, I've just I'm just getting more bullish on Intel by uh, just for value. No, uh, even though it is a little. E- bit every of a, week in the office we get an update <laughs> about the Intel price. Just so you guys know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, it is an interesting space. <laughs> what is, I guess, your prediction? Uh, so, week? look, what are you looking my at? bold prediction is probably continuing on from the cryptocurrency mm. discussion that we had. Um, so, I, I'm not opposed to the space. I'll put it out there straight Absolutely. away. Absolutely. I think it definitely has a place in the financial sector. Mm. It will be an asset class here to stay. And I think it's really innovative. And I think that there's lots of good to come from that. Yeah, asset. I agree. However, however, um, <laughs> I'm concerned about the growth of the market. It's just such a big black box at the moment for mm. everybody that I, I don't think anyone knows what the exposure is for everyone globally. Yeah. And unless we do something fast to get on top of how we're going to supervise that sector, mm. I think that this could be the makings of the next Black Swan event. Mm. Um, it, Definitely has memories of 2000 tech bubble. Um, and Absolutely. you think of the 2008 GFC where mm. the housing exposure, it was largely unknown. And then we had synthetic CDOs and we had insurance products on top of insurance products. Mm. And I think this has all the makings of, of a similar event. So I agree. Um, as I said to you, I think the regulators have been largely asleep at the wheel. Mm. Um, I think they need to move fast. I, I don't want to... I'm not down on the space. As I said to you, I really 
think the space is great, mm. but I think we need to do something fast. So yeah. my bold prediction is that this could be the next Black Swan event unless we can get on top of it fast. Yeah, and I guess just uh, in your opinion, what do you reckon like regulation on things that have happened in the past might work? Like if anything. I think we need to get a handle of the exposure. Mm. And so I think we need some more transparency on what people are holding. Yeah. What products are holding, I think. Oh, it's just never going to happen. <laughs> if Coinbase can give us some sort of insights of yeah. who's transacting. That would be good. Um, I think the people founding the ICO, the coins, if there's some sort of, regu- not regulation, but there's some structure there that we understand who's holding these coins. And then obviously people who are building products on top of mm. the underlying assets. So um, I think that we just need some more transparency across the board. Um, so then we can start measuring. <laughs> the whole exposure. point of this this sector was to get rid of that. I know. Um, so yeah, look, I, I, and, I, and that's hard. Like you know, I'm all for a decentralized network. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's innovative. Mm. Um, it makes sense. Um, but it's sort of, it's just looking. It's just such a big unknown mm. that, and I, I don't think it would be negative for the space if more transparency came in. Like generally you see when more regulation comes into a new asset class Mm. that price goes down. I actually think that price would increase. Mm. I said I think once there's more transparency, yeah, because people would be more confident. Um, You're seeing more institutions come in now. I think that was more transparency from a retail perspective. um, I think that it would go up. I don't think it would go down. That would be really interesting. Can you imagine like that... No, I, I I can't agree on that. I I I, I don't um, think that. I, I'm not quite the no button, but you know, I I think it's like something that we're gonna have to think about. Um, you know, because it, it, the whole point this has that appeal and that attractiveness. The reason why um, people own it, at least the mm. majority, is because of that ability to have a transaction with no. Uh, middleman, I, and that's that's the whole point. Although Coinbase is basically a middleman, yeah. Um, I mean, the I, I look, I, I you know, the the, the the best thing that I could see Coinbase doing is like giving us some yeah information of uh, Addison Wright. He has X amount of Bitcoin. Hmm. Um, you know, he's done this transaction history, and then we can sort of see what's going on, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, they're surely their whole morals are going to be like, well, no screw you, we're, yeah. we're going to protect our clientele information and we're not going to do that. So I, I think that's what probably we're likely to the, see. The problem is it's, it's a sophisticated product yeah. that retail investors can buy. Yeah. <laughs> like you need to have, be, have a, whole, be a wholesale or sophisticated investor to buy complex products, mm. right? And there's none of that. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I'd hate to see it just regulate too much and yeah. it doesn't it it stops innovation in the sector and it just needs it, like an emergency break yeah like just, exactly and it's not going to happen overnight yeah like it's going to be some really intelligent conversations need to be had mm. it needs to start on a sort of a local level so like on a country level and then you know it has to sort of start talking about g20 nations and g10 much how there's some cooperation now around big tech mm. with long you know the g20 countries yeah absolutely um i think this is part of that conversation um, and it needs to happen. Mm. Um, but I, I think it would be a positive for the sector. I mm. really do. I think that it would just create more confidence in the asset class and you'd see more people come in. Well, it will be, it will be interesting. And if there is, um, you know, some more regulation, well, gosh, we're going to be having to, uh, to go over that. But, yeah, no, look, really appreciate your two cents there. And, I'm, mm. and again, 
cryptocurrency is just such a big market, I'm sure. And it will have an impact on the stock markets now with Coinbase. Mm. Uh, so I'm glad we can talk about that as our leeway into it. So, uh, yeah, no, that, that that's really good. And, yeah, I will be really interested to see how that Senate inquiry goes in the next few months yep. um, and how that impacts uh, the currency. But, look, guys, um, that will wrap it up. We've uh, gone a little bit over time, but that, that's okay, you know. Uh, but I, I really appreciate everyone uh, uh, tuning in. Uh, and, of course, guys, uh, tomorrow, every Tuesday... Uh, we do the uh, live demonstrations, the Ask James, uh, on our Facebook page. So feel free to tune in at 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Um, and, you know, credits to, to Maggie. Thanks so much for another week of, of joining here. Um, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm being told I need to talk about the bull here. We, yeah. Of course, if you're um, listening on the podcast, you might not be able to see the video, but we've got a lovely wooden uh, crafted bull that's... Uh, on our, our little desk now uh, when we do the show. So we need a name and we need your help. Uh, we, we, you know, we've got some suggestions, but I think... Addison's be... best suggestion is bully. So come <laughs> bully on, we need bull. to do better than that. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> we, we'll, need, uh, we'll need some help, I think, uh, and some creativity. But um, no, just leave a comment, I think. Uh, we might do a poll or something yeah. uh, discussing what we should name the bull. Uh, but yeah, no, look, I really appreciate your time, guys. Um, of course, you can find us on uh, themarketcrunch.com. And any of uh, your guest channels to listen to podcasts to, as well as uh, YouTube and Facebook. But again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week. See you guys.